a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I told you we would follow up, and we did. KSL News Radio has independently confirmed that Senator Mitt Romney has, in fact, not voted for Donald Trump in this presidential election. Now, we don't know. We don't know for whom he cast his uh, vote. We do know that in the 2016 election, he also uh, did not vote for Donald Trump, but rather he wrote in the name of his wife, Ann Romney. So uh, maybe in a few years from now, we'll find out that was the case again. But what we do know now, uh, again, and we've been able to confirm through the senator's press secretary that he, in fact, did not vote for uh, President Trump. Interesting. Uh, Listen, I love Utah County. I believe it is one of the most inspiring places in this great country. The the growth and the spirit of that place make it an, an exceptional place to live and raise a family. There's a grit and independence there that's always inspired me. In fact, I've, I've lived a good chunk of my life in Utah County. Provo was my home for many years, later Orem, and my wife did much of her growing up in Utah County. And in fact, most Sundays these days include uh, a drive say, a drive south to my in-law's place in Mapleton for dinner. The reason I'm talking to you now about Utah County is that we have uh, collectively battled the coronavirus for a while, and the Utah County experience has been a little different than others. That fact certainly stands to reason as Utah County is home to the state's two largest universities and the recent statewide spikes we are experiencing did seem to get kicked off with a predicted uptick in COVID-19 contraction among the young college-age folks. The prediction that the virus would then spread from that group to older relatives at home uh, seems to have come true in part. Now, at that point, we are seeing a spike all over the state. And to be fair, we certainly can't blame the spike entirely on any one reason. What we do know is that at the dawn of the recent spike, while we were still in the color-coded system the state had rolled out, that two Utah County cities were moved backwards from yellow to orange. Remember when we were doing things in colors? Yeah, that was Orem and Provo, the home of Utah Valley University and Brigham Young University. At about that same time, we saw Utah County pass a mask mandate as well, uh, Provo. It was done in conjunction with the health department and two-thirds of the county commissioners. Commissioner Bill Lee was the dissenting commissioner. Uh, then about that, that was a month ago. And then a week ago, everything changed. We're having one of the worst outbreaks in the country. And this is unacceptable. A week ago, Governor Herbert took to the microphone to announce that the color-coded system was out the window and the new approach to battling the pandemic in Utah would be to utilize something being called a transmission index, which very basically looks at county data and places each county in Utah into a pool with different masking and social requirements. Utah County right now finds itself in the high level of transmission. Well, what does that mean? It means a mask mandate for the county. 
Which leads us to the announcement of yesterday that Utah County has rescinded, Utah County has rescinded the mandate it had in place. For Utah County residents, that may not mean a whole lot practically. There's been a mask mandate in place for some time now, and it's even been yielding results. So why spend the time on this? Why, why am I talking to you about this? Why have we walked through all this background? Well, first, it has to do with a tweet I saw just yesterday morning by Utah County Commissioner Bill Lee, which read, Breaking news! Breaking news. Utah County Commission and Health Department have rescinded the countywide mask mandate. What does that mean? Well, as the day went on, we got more familiar with the movements of the commission and the health department. And we learned that there were two objectives uh, in the move by the county and the department to rescind. Number one was redundancy. You see, the state had put in place by its authority uh, a a high-risk categorization in this new transmission index. And so you then have two authorities calling for the same action. So why not just get out of the way if you are the county? Number two uh, has to do with a referendum. You see, there was a movement afoot to place on the ballot a referendum to upend the, uh, the, the initial mandate. And, well, if you take that off the table, then there's no need uh, or ability for a referendum. So uh, that is the circumstance in Utah County. But uh, what the announcement from the governor does is it brings in a, a new kind of dynamic and element when it comes to the relationship between uh, you know, localities and the state. The attitude had been from the governor from the very onset. One of the reasons why we never saw a statewide mask mandate was the governor's belief in local control and local input. To help me better understand uh, how those talks have gone, how cities are faring, what the attitude of cities uh, are, I've invited to the program Cameron Deal, executive director of the Utah League of Cities and Towns. Cameron, how are you? Lee, I'm great. It's still 2020, but I'm great nonetheless. How about you? Can it be over, please? And (laughs) somehow we have just forgotten all about 2020 once uh, January 1 of next year (laughs) ticks over. I just, I am ready for this all to be behind us. Yeah, amen, brother. Tell me, tell me about uh, how how cities are faring, uh, in particular uh, attitudinally, as we move into this new transition uh, or transmission index uh, system the governor has related. how, How are the cities responding to that? Thanks, Lee. Thanks for the conversation here, because I think it's important to point out that we have a governor who practices what he preaches when he talks about wanting to empower local elected officials to make decisions that impact their neighborhoods and communities. He puts his money where his mouth is. And many of our city counterparts around the country have not had that same level of collaboration with their state leaders. Last week, when the transmission index was revealed, We hosted a town hall with Rich Saunders, the director of the Department of Health, to walk through it and understand what it meant for cities as well as what it meant for counties. Now, ultimately, we have this circuit breaker and key checkpoint of October 29th, where all the counties and the cities therein are under the state mandate and are treated as high-index communities through that date. Come October 30th, we'll have a potential change based on the data. And cities will have cities working with their counties and with their local health departments will be able to have input there about uh, what the kind of what the future what the future will hold there. And let's say you mentioned Utah County. Let's say Utah County's data gets to the point where they pivot from the high transmission index to the medium transmission index. Well, at that point, the under the new rules, the county could have the option again to look at a mask mandate because it would be a recommendation rather than a requirement from the state level. That's where I think we ought to applaud the state for recognizing that that may going to the medium based on the data 
still gives flexibility to those local leaders to make decisions, whether whether that's Utah County or any other county. So I think I think we found a really good balance of working together amongst local governments in the state. And, that, and that's the key. It really is balance because, you know, the, the, the sentiment and the attitudes and the desires of you know residents across the state ha- has been split you know uh, it would take uh, you know some real specific polling to figure out exactly you know who feels what but i know at least anecdotally as i have spoken to different groups and uh, have been approached by different individuals that there are some that would like this place locked down and for the governor to you know, to <laughs> fail to utilize his authority on that front is uh, you know he's got blood in his hands uh, on the other side, uh, there are those who uh, have been calling for, no, 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 uh, the governor ought to stay out of this, okay? It is not his role. We have such varied populations and topography and concentration of, of residents across this state that there is, there's nothing appropriate uh, about a one-size-fits-all approach. And so you talk about, uh, you know, like a, a balance, and, and I think I see it. I think I see in this system uh, a balance very appropriate to the, the circumstances. Uh, you, you think it works out? Well, at this point, I think state leaders and local leaders are trying to find that balance. I don't have a crystal ball, but when you look at the performance of Utah compared to other states around the country over the last few months, I think we've done a really good job of balancing, first and foremost, public health with economic activity, with recognizing that a one-size-fits-all approach is actually more of a one-size-misfits-all approach, and and we've tried to be targeted and nuanced to the areas that have the higher needs and areas that have lower needs. And I think the governor and his team and the state legislature have been successful thus far trying to find that balance. Where it goes from here, I think, is really dependent on how you and me and our friends and neighbors and, and all of us work together to do our part to bring down the transmission rate. And we've We'll have this data set that will be evaluated weekly for all of the counties around the state. And part of the reason Utah County and and actually Provo City both repealed their mask mandates was to try to be consistent to the public. You use the word redundancy. I think it's also making it as easy as possible for people to know what they need to do to make a positive difference. And let's, let's see what the data demonstrates in the weeks to come. Cameron Deal, thank you so much. Executive Director with the Utah League of cities and towns. Thank you so much for your insight and your conversation here today. Lee, always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. All right, you take care. We're going to take a break now, get some news. When we return, I want to talk to you about poll watching. What exactly is a poll watcher? It might not be what you think, and it might not be what the president thinks. I'll share with you the details and the law next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.